Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody out in the wonderful world of gecko enthusiasm is doing good today. Um, tonight we got a great show planned for you, and uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Mr. Gary Warner of Warner Exotics is a well-known uh, hobbyist in the trade. He breeds geckos, and uh, he's got a history of uh, breeding or keeping venomous snakes. I'm not sure if he's bred any. We'll talk to him about that. But also. Um, Gary's well-known for running the Gecko blog on Facebook, a very successful uh, Gecko-themed um, group. Um, you guys can go check it out on Facebook. It's called the Gecko blog. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to talk to him about geckos, leopard geckos in, in particular. There's a lot going on in the gecko community nowadays. And um, being a moderator of a group, you kind of have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on out there and uh, who's who and what's uh, basically what the trends are with uh, morph making and, and breeders and such. So I um, just want to encourage everybody, if you're tuning in, uh, you can tune into our uh, chat room just by uh, logging into the Blog Talk Radio uh, website. It's www.blogtalkradio.com slash radio. All right, and if the chat room doesn't load right away for you, uh, just give it a second, and uh, you, if it still doesn't load, then just refresh the page and scroll down a bit, and then you'll see it. And uh, usually we have a bunch of people in the chat room with various full schedules, but uh, there's always somebody in there to talk to about um, the show and whatever else you guys want to chat about while the show's going on. Um, another thing that I'd like to mention to everybody, uh, just for the record, though, tonight is April 13th, 2014. Uh, last weekend was the White Plains Expo. I'd like to thank everybody once again who showed up and who bought geckos. And I also want to let everyone know that um, I had some selections from uh, John Scarborough from Gecko Ball Reptiles with me at the show. Um, and John wanted to get his presence out on the East Coast a bit. And uh, I do have a few of those geckos left over that didn't sell at the show. So instead of sending them back to John, I put them up for sale on my Facebook pages. You guys can check it out, uh, www.facebook.com slash Dave's Fine Geckos or David's Fine Geckos, and uh, also on my main page, which is David's Fine Geckos. And uh, I have for sale albums on both accounts, and you guys can look at the geckos there. Um, I'll be updating my website during the week and uh, adding more geckos to the mix. And uh, they've been, been considering doing auctions. Now, I have mixed feelings about auctions, and I may or may not do them. 
Um, I don't really have, like, auction-quality animals. A lot of my animals are more or less higher-end geckos and special project animals. So they're not geckos that I really want to let go for under, I don't know, certain amounts of money, put it that way. But I do have some that I could probably auction off. I'd like to be able to uh, broaden my customer base and people that don't have a ton of money also be able to get some quality animals. So um, I'm going to see what I can do and um, maybe do some auctions, okay? I'll do some announcements and uh, let, you know, let you guys know exactly if and when I'll be doing them. Um, I just want to also tell everybody, the Gecko Nation group on Facebook is doing very well. I think we're almost up to 1,800 members. We pretty much gain about 100 new members a week these days, and um, it's really going very well. I've added some new uh, admins to keep up with the flow, and uh, I just want to bring it to everyone's attention that um, the core values of this group is to be a positive, helpful, fun group with no drama and no negativity. So people that are new coming into the group, make sure you read the group's description and uh, you know, just adhere to what we're trying to do. And uh, we're doing very well. The group is doing excellent. And uh, if anybody ever has any issues, which I'm sure will be rare, but if anybody does, you can certainly email me at davidsfineggeckos.yahoo.com or PM me on Facebook. I just want to make sure that the group is always going to be a positive experience. Okay? And, uh, you know, as the group grows, I'll definitely be adding more responsible people uh, to monitor things, okay? So I uh, just want to let everybody know about that. And um, I'm going to be playing the sponsor plug next, and I'd like to remind everybody to take advantage of our sponsors. They definitely take care of Gecko Nation radio listeners. Uh, just mention the show when you're uh, doing business with them. You can also, for uh, AB Dragons, you can use the word Gecko at checkout, and you're going to get an automatic 5% off. And I, I believe they have free shipping on most of their uh, items, too. So you're, it's a good deal all around. So, um, and my other sponsors uh, also do special promotions. And we'll be extending the promotions from the sponsors into the Gecko Nation group as well. We'll be doing group-specific type of um, uh, you know, promotions and stuff and special discounts in the future. So if you're not in the group, get in on the action now. And... Um, Wow, this is a fun time. Today was the first like really warm, nice day, and uh, I had a barbecue today. It was so it was so refreshing to not have to wear a jacket and not be freezing. And uh, you know, it's kind of like that time of the year where you know, even with the geckos and the reptiles, the eggs are being laid, the babies are hatching, and it's such an exciting time. It's like you know the rebirth after just the frozen ice age, so to speak, and it's just, oh, it's like just a renewal of energy. And I'm just really excited about the, my projects and what other people are working on. I think this year in particular, we're going to see some exciting things in the, in the world of herpetoculture from different people, different breeders uh, that are working on cutting-edge stuff. So I uh, just want to wish everybody well that's, that's doing their own projects and waiting on their own eggs to hatch. I hope your season goes great this year. Um, but before we get started, I just want everybody to know that Gecko Nation Radio would not be possible without its amazing, terrific sponsors. Check them out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. 
Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more. And all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or... It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other very unique leopard gecko projects. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at expos in the northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit reptilesexpress.com and become a member today. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit supremegecko.com for his available animals and supplies. All right, everybody, welcome back. I want to let everyone know that um, Gecko Nation Radio and Herpentine Radio are affiliates. And, in fact, uh, Herpentine is my inspiration uh, to start my own radio shows. So if you guys like to check out another reptile-related radio show that has a very broad base of topics and uh, just different personalities and and, uh, interviews, definitely check out Herpentine at www.blogtalkradio.com. Dot com slash herpentine radio. And they're also on Facebook. They have their own group. It's called Herpentine. You guys can check it out. It's run by J.D. Hartzell and Justin Geyer. All right. So um, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Mr. Gary Orner now. So uh, Gary Orner, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. How are you? Hey, 
I'm doing good today. A little tired, but I'm good. <laughs> what are you tired about? Oh, I opened up a new shop in Toledo, and it's about a 40-hour drive for me. Um, so <laughs> I closed it today at 6, got out there about 6.30, and just got back home about like around 7.20, and 8, and now I'm on a radio show. We're rocking. Oh, cool. Nice, nice. How's everything going, Gary? It's been a while since uh, since we talked. Oh, everything's going good. I'm hatching out left and right. Um, Thad just got – I took some geckos to the Taylor, Michigan show. It's right outside Detroit. And, you know, Thad and I talked this weekend, showed him some stuff that I was producing. <clears throat> he, he he was liking it. Um, I released the Orange Head uh, Bell today to the public. I showed that, people that. Haven't done it online yet, though. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, the, everything's going really good. What's an Orange Head Bell? Orange head bell, uh, I, I'm breeding for orange head. Uh, I mean, it, it brings out the lavender a lot more in them, and the head is clean with just an orange head, and the rest of the body is a banded bell um, without tangerine in it. Um, I'm actually breeding for that. Uh, and the, this is my, you know, third third uh, generation for it, and it, it's coming out really nice now, and I added white and yellow to it this year, and the white and yellow kind of whacked it out even more. Um, I have a, I took a side-by-side version to the Taylor show and to the, uh, Cleveland show last, last weekend. And, uh, people, people at the Cleveland show was like, ah, you know, yeah, that's kind of cool. But at the Taylor show, it, it blew up. Um, it was really, a lot of people liked it. And of course, dad liked it a lot. Um, it's something to just mess with the head. That's all it does. And then w- with the white and yellow, it kind of really whacks it out. It's really cool. Well, if you if there's orange on anything, Sad is gonna like it. He's, you know, he's just <laughs> yeah, <orange>. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's cool. Well, if you get a chance, maybe during the show or maybe during the, one of the breaks, you can uh, maybe post a picture for people to see in the chat room. Maybe you can do that. Um, I can get one of my computers up in New Orleans. Yeah, I can do something like that. Okay, cool. Um, well, Gary, be- before we get rolling into the major part of the interview, I have an important question to ask you. What is the the best place on the internet, or the, actually the best forum on the internet for people that are addicted to geckos. Oh, gecko forums. Um, uh, gecko forums is really nice. Uh, what what's really cool about a forum based instead of Facebook is it's all searchable. Everything is if you can find it, even if it's a year old, if it's two years old, you can find anything, any picture, as long as it's uploaded to the forum, it's not going to be lost. Um, I mean, there's so much information on there, even when Kelly owned it. Now, Thad owns it, of course, of Ohio Gecko. I'm a moderator on there. Um, we have a lot of things planned. I talked to Thad about some more things we got going. Uh, it, it's connected to Gecko Wiki. Um, that's going to be updated. I know some people are probably cringing about Gecko Wiki, but that's going to be updated. Um, people are going to love to know that it has been shut down, where you have to be a moderator to even add to the Gecko Wiki anymore, so you can't. no one can change it. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, forum base, it kind of got lost with Facebook. And uh, what's nice with the gecko forums is you can use your Facebook login. You can go there. If you're not a member, you can register with your Facebook login now. So it makes it a little bit easier. Um, yeah, uh, forums are, yeah, the forums are lost, but I think if we really focus on gecko forums, it's going it, to, it can be brought back and the information there is endless. Um, I mean, they, there's care sheets on there. There's uh, there, there's a section just for raising babies. 
There's a section for incubating eggs. There's a section for breeding. There, I mean, every every minor detail is there. That's right. And you know, when it's when when I got started on Facebook, I you know I enjoyed it, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of getting a little bit bored with Facebook in a way, but only because like just like you said, like the information gets lost. Like you'll like you'll answer somebody's question about incubation, and then. By the next day, you know, in any of the groups, it's down, way down, and it's hard to find. And, you know, it's like, you know, then you got to keep redoing the same information over and over again the next time somebody asks a question. So as far as the education process, if we can have, you know, if you can just do a random search in Gecko forums for that topic, you're just going to get a whole bunch of threads on it. And the information in there is, like, very reliable. So I think we need to try to help people move back to the forums a little bit. Don't you think, Gary? Yeah, the, the forums, I owned the forum back back in the day, and when Thad asked me to be a moderator on Gecko forums, it, it just excited me because of the searchable base alone. Everyone says, mm-hmm. well, where's the, the number one thing I see posted, where's that one picture that someone posted last week? On Facebook, you're not going to find it. It's, it's, it's right. gone now. <laughs> it's gone. Right. You're going to have to have someone post it again. On Gecko forums, you can go to that person's name and just search what threads they've started. You can search for yeah. their post. So if someone wants to see what I said about white and yellows on Facebook, or not Facebook, but on Gecko forums, they can go there, search for white and yellows by poster Gary Orner, and it'll bring up yep. every post I ever mentioned white and yellow about. Um, it, it's down to that detail. Um, it's just the power of a forum outdoes Facebook any day. <laughs> I don't know and why you know, Facebook ever became huge. I, exactly. I can't figure it out either. Well, I kind of get it like in a sense where, all right, well, it, you know, somebody can just type a random question and usually within five seconds or ten seconds, somebody's going to answer. You don't know how reliable that information is all the time. But, you know, for someone with, with a very short attention span, and Facebook, you may, you may get a reliable answer very quickly. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do. But, uh, you know, yeah, we've we got to try to educate people. Like some people that are new to the Internet are going right to Facebook. They don't even know about all these forums. So, but, and then there's also the camp that, you know, has never been on Facebook that they still use the forums. So it's not like the forums have lost everybody. But I think, though, um, we, if we can get more of the people that use Facebook to uh, transition more towards Gecko forums in particular for the Gecko community, I think it will be a win for everyone. I, I think so, too. And the number one thing I've been hearing from people is the friends thing. Not many people know on Gecko Forums, there is a profile, almost just like Facebook, that you can have friends on. You can friend people. Mm-hmm. You can follow them people on the forum. I mean, Facebook is actually a dumbed-down forum. That's what it is. It, yeah. It's just dumbed down. And people don't <laughs> understand that. And I wish, I wish people would go to the Gecko forums and really just try to try it out for a while. It's it's really nice if you like if you like crested geckos. There's a crested gecko section. If you like snakes, there's snakes, venomous snakes, uh, monitors. There's a section for everything on that that forum. I got an idea for you, Gary. To, to get that? people to go to get to get people to go to gecko forums. How about you and I both shut down our groups for a week and demand that people go to gecko forums. <laughs> oh, I think people would kill me. I honestly think people would kill me. I mean, the, the blogs up to So one of my admins just texted me over the weekend and said, is these are 2,600, 2,800 members? I'm like, oh, God. 
I, I, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, even on the blog, I, I think I'm on there here and there. Uh, I've been so busy, just to give you an example, my laptop, I'm a computer repairer. I, I, that's what I do for a living. And my laptop mm-hmm. broke, and I have not fixed it. It's been over two weeks. Well, you know what they say. Um, the, the, what was the old saying about the shoe? The guy that fixes shoes. It, all everybody's shoes are fixed, but his own, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that, that's my problem. I'm, I'm sitting there like, what, what in the world? And it's just like, oh man, I got to get this done. Like tomorrow. I mean, I'm, I'm putting away animals, uh, uh, moving some racks around, moving animals around, putting 22 new groups together tomorrow, or maybe 20. Matters who's ovulating, who's not. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, everything's jam packed, <laughs> jam packed for me. It's like then on Wednesday I get to chill out a little bit. Wednesday's my chill out day. Wow, this is the time of the year where all of the breeders—it's like you know—it's either either you're pulling eggs or you're carrying females or you're you know making up lay boxes and putting groups together. It's like you know it's nonstop. It's just you know it's oh. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it, all right, it gets well, crazy. I love it though. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else right now. I'm sure you feel the same, right? Oh yeah. Like I mean, when I pull eggs, like I haven't pulled eggs tonight. I pull eggs in the morning and at night, and I'll probably pull probably 15 to 20 eggs today yeah. tonight. And I pulled, I think it was 22 this morning. Nice. Um, I don't have that many groups going right now. I'm gonna see if I can pull some eggs on the on the air because <laughs> I know which ones That's are laying cool. today. <laughs> okay, we'll see if we got anything hatched. <laughs> yeah, well, oh. I'm starting to get some babies here, but mostly it's mostly just eggs. So, you know, I'm not. I've had some. I probably had only like three or four geckos a week right now. But I got a feeling like in a month or so, right? That's going to be when they all start hatching like crazy. I would think. Yeah, mine ramps up like the same way. Um, I was hatching, and there's nothing hatched right now. Nope, we got a hatch gecko. Cool, I got one that hatched on the radio. Um, it's just tangerine radar. <laughs> but uh, Not cool. We got, yeah. Um, I found out, I, I started hatching at end of December. Um, I put some girls together with a male and early and got some. So then really late 2013, to be, think about it. Um, mm-hmm. and I incubated a male just to hatch out at the end of 2013 or it would have hatched in January. And then January started bumping up and then February. And then at the, I would say March was a slow month because I incubated a few males at the beginning. And then I started incubating all female and I had that three week gap. So now they're going to ramp up again. Once the females start hatching, um, I should have a lot of, uh, I should be hatching 20 to 30 a day here soon. Yeah, that's cool. Those are the fun times. Well, before we get further into the interview, Gary, I'm going to go ahead and bring on our esteemed anchorman. Good evening, Gaconians. There he is. What's up, Steve? What's going on? Not too much sitting here talking with Mr. Ordner. (laughs) Yeah, it already sounds like a great interview. Well, he definitely knows his geckos, that's for sure. We're going to have a good time tonight. How's everything with you, Steve? Uh, good. It was nice and warm today. Oh, right? So I nice. know. Beautiful out. First first one in a long time. Yeah. About time. <laughs> exactly. It feels like we just went through an ice age, right? I know. 
I know. <laughs> Alright, so last tell me week, tell us you got some good news for us. And Gary, you're making too much noise. Uh <laughs> Yeah yeah, I guess there's some good news. Yeah, cool. It's hard hard to find a you know, good news. <laughs> Alright. Last week we found out that what are you, there... Hold on a second. What are you doing, Gary? Are you wrestling the drill over there or what? <laughs> oh, I'm pulling eggs. <laughs> I'll stop pulling All eggs. Here I'll is... stop. <laughs> put, put your phone on mute. You're going to make a bunch of noise. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Go ahead. All right. All right, cool. Go ahead, Steve. All right. Last week we we heard about a Gaboon Viper. That was in South Carolina. Yes, what happened? Uh, well, they're still looking for it. So the article, I saw several more articles about it. Deadly African snake on the loose at South Carolina community on lockdown. Um, they hey, issued... Gary. Hold on one second, Steve. Yeah. Hey, Gary, did you, did you see this article? Yeah, it's a bunch of BS. <laughs> well, that's what I—that's what I was gonna say. You know, Gary. Gary, you used to keep gaboons, right? Yes. So did, did that gaboon... skin look like, like, like actual skin, or did it look like a shed skin? The, the I didn't see the shed skin. I just heard what was going on. I—I uh, I don't think if that gaboon was loose, that's still alive anyway. Right. Um, I think I don't think it's loose. <laughs> that's my opinion. Okay. All right, Steve, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to get his... Oh, that's all right. But anyways, warnings... Let's see. Warning notices were sent out last Thursday to residents. The flyer states (laughs) that the the snake is extremely dangerous and that that it could have been a pet that escaped or come on shore from ships at the nearby port. It cautions residents to avoid bushes and be aware of the surroundings when when walking outside. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. More panic. <laughs> yeah. Now a while back we had a ball python in a washing machine, or or was it an oven? Oh, Remember oven. a while ago? Yeah, an oven. Yeah. And then I think there was one in in another piece of furniture. This time, rare snake found in shipment of electronics. A rare Please. snake. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be a bonus if I bought a, you know, a Blu-ray <laughs> player and got a, you know, a boa with it. That would uh, just be, a, hell yeah. that'd be an awesome bonus. <laughs> but anyways, a rare snake was discovered in a shipment from Puerto Rico to Tampa to a Tampa company. The company called the snakes or the state's hotline for reporting sightings of invasive species after its employees found what they thought was a Burmese python in a shipment of electronics. Wildlife experts dispatched they realized it wasn't one of the invasive pythons that have become the scourge of Florida. Instead, they discovered the snake was either a Puerto Rican boa or a Mona Island boa. It's hard to tell without a DNA test, but both species are endangered in their native Caribbean island. 
state officials are working with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to return the snake to Puerto Rico. So that's that's kind of like I said. I, I hey, I, I'll take a a boa with my Blu-ray player or whatever. <laughs> but it's cool. That's cool. They're gonna send it back. So yeah. So and then that leads us to our next snake story. <laughs> In Franklin, New Hampshire, a heating and cooling repair employee was fixing a furnace in a resident's home when he was bitten by a snake. The homeowner, Matthew Davids, was relieved to find out his four-foot boa constrictor was found keeping itself warm inside his furnace after it had escaped last December. So it had been loose since December. Okay. Hmm. That one's cool. Got a warm spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then a man who stepped out of his car in Alligator Alley in Florida to view one of the deadly reptiles was bitten by a poisonous snake. Broward <laughs> Sheriff Fire Rescue Spokesman said the 29-year-old from Bonton Beach was bitten on the foot by a water moccasin Saturday evening after he and his girlfriend stopped to check out an alligator on I-75 eastbound. The highway is also known as Alligator Alley. Um, and currently he is stabilized. So that's, okay. you know, pretty unfortunate to just be, uh, you know, enjoying nature and then having nature enjoy you for a second. Right. <laughs> he, had, he had to step on it, man. He, I mean, yeah. he get bit by a water He had to step on that. <laughs> yeah. Probably. All right. Then heading over on the other coast to California, a four-foot croc- crocodile was abandoned outside a reptile shop in Roseville, California, Wednesday. The crocodile somehow managed to escape its container and spent time wandering around a strip mall before it was captured by animal control officers. Whoever left the animal also included a note reading, Call Rescue, and identified the reptile as a Nile crocodile. Animal animal control officers... Officers lassoed the reptile in the parking lot. Fish and wildlife officials. This was in Roseville, California. Okay. Um, Fish and wildlife officials said the animal will likely end up in a zoo. That's a Nile crocodile. And the, the pet store they were leaving it at was also a place that they could, you know, anybody could take pets illegal or otherwise and just they could forfeit them basically to this pet store at any point and someone just left left it outside the pet store instead of owning up and taking it in where does one buy a nile crocodile i mean i've seen alligators for sale at shows (laughs) and stuff but um shoot i've never seen seen niles for sale at hamburg really i've seen niles for sale at hamburg oh yeah um, Ohio, you won't find them anymore because they're illegal, but uh, Hamburg, um, some of the Michigan shows I've seen now, crocodiles for sale, they go 
250, 350. And, I mean, that's not that much when you think about it for an eating machine. Yeah, no, really. Well, they, they, they can get, like, 20 foot, can't they? Uh, yes. Yeah. Some, some of the species, yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's there's different, like, subspecies of Nile crocodiles. So some of them, I wish I could have Eric Herb on here. He's, like, the crocodile expert of all. I mean, he knows all the scientific names. But there's some that stay small and then some that get up to 20 feet, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter which subspecies <laughs> it was. But they're they're one of the only ones that are known to hunt man, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, really. Great. Gee. All right, our last story, and this is kind of odd because I can't remember if ever I've heard a story about a bearded dragon being loose. Your bearded dragon was rescued at Quincy Beach in Boston. The Animal Rescue League of Boston said it rescued a bearded dragon Thursday after fielding a number of calls and tweets about a reptile being spotted atop a wall near the beach. They, let's see, the reptile was unharmed and is being sent to the Animal Rescue League of Boston's shelter. So they captured it. Wow. I mean, it just warmed up. Yeah. Like, somebody must have let it go on the first warm day, or, I mean, I don't know. It could have been hibernating, right? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Huh. That's weird. I, I don't think I've ever heard of a bearded dragon being found. Yeah, I don't know. No, I haven't. No. Well, Jeremy Turgeon found a leopard gecko on his back porch. Go figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he's, in, he's in Massachusetts, yeah. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was colder huh. then. <laughs> yeah. All right, so our recap. And keep, in wa- keep in mind, one of the stories is fake. So mm-hmm. here's our recap. Deadly African snake on the loose. Rare snake found in shipment. Mm-hmm. Snake snake in the furnace. Man observing alligator bitten by snake. Abandoned crocodile at strip mall. And bearded dragon rescued at the beach. All right. Everybody in the chat room, let's see what your guesses are. And we'll give the first guess to Mr. Orner. What do you think, Gary? What's our fake story tonight? I'm going to, I'm going to, I know some of them are true because I've heard of them. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm going to go with the bearded dragon one because I've never heard of a bearded dragon loose. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm leading towards either that one or the snake in the, what was it, a DVD player or something? Um, yeah, in a box of electronics. A box of electronics, yeah. Um, wow. The bearded dragon just like, doesn't like how can, it's still kind of cold up in Boston on Thursday. I'm like, how can it even, you know, be warm enough to move move around? But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna go with the bearded dragon story. Let's see what people are saying in, in the chat room. All right, Elsa's saying the the crocodile at the mall, and uh, Chad's saying the same. Sean from Heavy Duty saying uh, snake in the furnace. There's snakes on the plane, snakes on the train, snakes in furnaces now. Um, <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Uh, my final answer is gonna be the bearded dragon. I'm going with Gary. What is it, Steve? All right, Sean got it right with the snake in the furnace is false. 
Really? Bonus. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> yeah. weird. Wow. I want to know more about this bearded dragon out in Boston yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Yeah, good job, Sean. <laughs> wow. Well, you got some interesting... Um, you got something interesting for us from last week, too, with uh, with this, right? Yeah. And now, a moment in Herp history. All right, last week we learned that in July of 1930, a python escaped from the Sea Breeze Amusement Park. Mm-hmm. Eight, eight days later... It was found and shot and killed. Unfortunately. Well, that makes me yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it took them eight days. I thought eight, it was going to be. A, I thought it was going to be a happier ending. You made us wait. Yeah, you made, you made us wait a whole week I to know. hear that it got shot. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh man! All right. Well, I want to remind the listeners to. Um, if they have any herp history they want to submit, they can, um, you know, PM me on Facebook or anything to, you know, if they have any, too. Mm-hmm. Because they may find okay. something I, I don't know about. Right. That's right. And what's your yeah. email address, too, Steve? Uh, bcbarkercreations at hotmail.com. All right. How's everything going over there in your collection? Uh, good. I just, just, uh, built another rack, even though I'm moving soon, <laughs> but, uh, I had to build a rack with some bigger tubs for some geckos that were outgrowing their tubs, so <laughs> I didn't have a choice, mm-hmm. but, uh, came out pretty nice. I'm real happy with it. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. All right. Any, uh, uh any more eggs being laid? Than that. Pardon me? Any more eggs eggs being laid? No, not yet. I'm I'm impatiently waiting. <laughs> what about the Millie? Does it look like it's uh gravid again? Yeah, she does look like she's gravid. And I, I oh, cool. would have thought I would have seen, you know, had her she would have laid by now, but she hasn't yet. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Well we'll hope for some more for that one. I hope you hold you know, hatch out a bunch for the season out there. Oh yeah, I hope so too. What I, is your I'm actual move? Psyched with just one. That's <laughs> I'm happy with the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, actual move. We're just waiting on a closing date now. Um, but June first, we should be totally in the house. Yeah, you know, our estimated closing is May thirteenth. So. Okay. All right. It's like a month or so, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. Well, cool. Thank, thanks again, Steve, for everything. And uh, why don't you give us your information so people can find you? Um, check me out on Facebook or YouTube under BC Barker Creations. That's right. Okay. I'll see you again next week. Thanks again, Steve. Thank you, and I'll see you there. All right. All right, Gary, why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, just for people that don't know who you are, why don't you sum up a little bit about uh, a little bit about your history in herpeticulture and what you've been doing over the past few years? 
I can do that. Um, I, I, uh, the first company I ever started was Gary's Reptile Room. Uh, that was way back in early 90s, uh, mid-90s. And um, I, I bred carpet pythons back then, uh, blood pythons, stuff like that, out of these. I was uh, I was a regular at the Columbus show, uh, all Ohio show, and um, mm-hmm. then my brother my brother came into it and we changed the name to Professional Herpiculture or Pro Herps, um, and we we did everything. I did venomous back then. I mean, we did ball pythons, uh, Burmese pythons, reticulated pythons. I mean, we did it all, um, and uh, so then it came, venomous came up, and that was like my, my hobby part of it and i mean the venomous community is a little different than any other community where we kind of just like oh you got cobras i want some cobras they just send you some cobras and it's you know oh i got mangroves i'm going to send you some mangroves if you want it that's how we work it was it's was like a big family we just sent stuff where whoever wanted it um well then uh i was moving to green bay with, with my girlfriend at the time now my wife um and i split with my brother and i made Orner exotics uh, and I got back. I, I got back into the hobby with leopard geckos heavy again, and um, I moved back to Ohio. I partner back up with my brother now, and now I'm pro herps again. But uh, and now I'm doing leopard geckos, and we got ball python eggs on the ground. Some uh, some really cool ball python eggs. Tell you the truth, um, some first in the world. Uh, we might be the first in the world to produce banana albinos. Um, cool. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, we got GHI that's, you know, bred to, we, it's been done. We have a GHI het red exanthic we bred to a silver streak. Um, so that's cool. going to be kind of cool too. Uh, so we're, we're dabbling back into ball pythons again. We got eggs on the ground for that also. But, I mean, it, there's not much I haven't seen and haven't done in the hobby. Uh, it's just now that I'm, I'm heavy leopard gecko. Like I was right before I got out of the hobby, I was heavy leopard gecko and I left. And then I came back mm-hmm. in as a leopard gecko breeder, and, no, oh, here I am. <laughs> and I own the reptile room. A lot of people from the old time remember the reptileroom.org. I own that. That was a really big website. Okay. It rivaled Fauna for a while. Interesting. And you're no stranger to uh, radio either. You've done your own radio show in the past, right? Yeah, I had yeah, I had um, Herp Radio for the longest time. Uh, I, I did that. Um, People know Reptile Radio. Reptile Radio came out with uh, blog with the blog talk. I was trying to do my own thing on my own server, and the software cost a lot of money, and it was taking me time. Well, when Blog Talk came out, Reptile Radio came out. Well, I made Herp Radio. Um, I did that for a couple mm-hmm. years. And I shut it down, and then a good friend of mine, Stephen Kelly from Florida, uh, he says, "Let's get Herp Radio going again." He co-hosts with me for about a year. Um, and then I went through a real, at the end of that, I went through a really tough time in my life um, where, I, I mean, I got out of the hobby altogether, and it had nothing to do with the hobby. Uh, and then when I came back, Stephen still he says, hey, we should start it back up just for a reunion show or something. And it's just time. Uh, I, I mean, I used to do it like in the middle of the week. I think it was like every Wednesday I did it because everyone else had radio shows on the weekend. <laughs> so I did it in the middle of the week. <laughs> It's not easy doing radio, is it? Um, no, it's not easy. Um, you know, it, my venomous friends helped me out, and we did, you know, stuff like that. And Brian Barcheck helped me out, and 
it just it was hard to keep up the topics. I mean, it was like, okay, we're going to talk venomous again. Or, you know, when HR six six nine back in the day was big. I mean, that's when my show was really in the peak. My radio show reached out to a lot of people for HR six six nine. And if people don't know that, that was when the government was having a bill that was going to ban everything that wasn't native to the United States. Well, right. most states have a law against anything native in that state. So basically it would have shut down the whole animal trade, not just reptiles. It would shut down everything. Um, and a lot of people just go out, you know, that's another thing I always talk about. Everyone knows about, oh, they're going after snakes. There's bills that go after mice and rats where they're trying right. to make it hard for mice breeders and rat breeders and rabbit breeders to breed these animals. And let's face it, if there's no mice and rats, there's no snakes, uh, right. period. Um, so there's, uh, there's other ways that are under the, you know, radar that, uh, like, you know, uh, these groups, there's many of them now, but uh, U.S. art fights and all this that we don't even know about, um, that they don't have time to make public. So I always tell people, donate to U.S. art because they're fighting for our rights. They're, they're fighting for, even if you don't know about it, they're doing it. They, they got stuff going on all the time. Um, yes. It, 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 so, I mean, if you got that extra money or if you ship reptiles and you can donate, you know, I, I've never had anyone refuse saying I'll match your donation on a shipment uh, or something like that. And I usually get people donating. So USR is something I donate to every year, and that's just what I do. And I've had gecko forums donate. I ran an auction, and we donated all the money to USR, which i got to start doing again. <laughs> Well, if you do start doing stuff like that, definitely let me know, and we'll we'll definitely promote it on the show here too. Because I don't, cool. I, I you know, in in this day and age, Gary, it's it's money that's gonna that's gonna fix anything. So um, if we exactly. send our money in, right, and if we send our money in the right direction, you know, we have a better chance at, at winning this. You know, the base, you know, Steve lives in New York, and the town next to him, uh, it banned all uh, reptiles. Period, and that's just in the yep. town level. So I'm. I'm trying to encourage people to keep an eye on what their own municipalities and their own uh, townships and towns are doing too. But, you know, in Ohio, you guys uh, suffered some very specific legislation uh, recently. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, the laws in Ohio. The, the Ohio laws used to be very open. It was one of the most free states there was. I could own anything I wanted. You could own a tiger if you wanted. Um, now, I agree that there should have been some regulations. I mean, you should have to have certain fencing and stuff like that. But uh, they came in, and they banned a lot of stuff. They banned all these exotics, and they banned venomous unless you have a permit. And it's almost impossible to get these permits. And they got, you've got to have certain caging, which I agree, but they go overboard. And the reason I say they go overboard is these people aren't educated on what is truly needed. They didn't bring a hurt person in or a venomous person in and say what is truly needed to do this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's the idiotic part of Ohio's law. Um, I can have baby retics. Once a baby retics at 12 feet, you can't have retics anymore. Them retics are illegal then. So yeah. they didn't ban the species on big snakes. They just banned when they get to a certain size. So that leaves a lot opened up. Um, it, it's really, really, really stupid, um, a lot of these stupid laws. Uh, now, I get yelled at about some people. They say there should be no laws. Well, guess what? There's going to be laws no matter what. They're going to come at us. They're going to come at us year after year. We need to learn how to meet in the middle. Um, and if we go there and say, 
okay, there does need to be regulations on this, but you guys aren't educated on this. We are. Let's meet in the middle. Let's get something that works for both people. Because the reptile trade is a multi-billion dollar company. If you just take all the reptile trade, it's a multi-billion dollar, you know, thing. Um, so right. many jobs. I mean, uh, just look at, you know, Bill Brand. Bill Brand, how many employees does he have? If the trade goes down, all the employees lose. Then every yeah. the pest stores, how many pest stores would be shut down because of this? Because people are like, oh, the pest stores won't be shut down. Well, yes, they will be because if there's no animals, they don't need animal but, products. Right. <laughs> so there, there's got to be a middle ground, and the problem is, is there's only a select few people that actually do fight um, and actually show up uh, to these fights. And it's really, really hard to say we can't focus on everything. So if USARC does their thing nationally and they fight what they can, if we could form these smaller groups of people that work with USR and these other, and we work together instead of fighting and worrying about who's number one and who does what. We just work together. We can fight these bills. It, it is very possible because, I mean, if there's bills fight, going against the farmers. There was bills going against the farmers for how they raise cows and stuff. No one heard about that because guess what? All them cattle people got together. They said, we're going to go and fight this because it's going to cost us money. It never even made news. It, it, it never even made news. Now, reptile people, I'm going to tell you, there's more reptile people. What I see at the shows, and we do nothing. There's a, there's a buddy of mine at the Taylor Show that has a U.S. ARC donation bin. And he donates that. He only gets a dollar to $5 every show. And there's 1,800 oh, people that walk through that door. If Jeez. every single person would drop a dollar, or drop, let's say they say a dollar, say they drop a quarter into that, Every show, that one show could bring three to $500 a show to donate to USR. That's five to $6,000 a year just from that one show. Well, but, I would say that it should be at least $5. I, I would be willing to pay an extra $5, you know, knowing that it was going to USR. Yeah, it, it, and I, I, I know that everyone that goes to shows are just, you know, some are just lookers, some are just hobby, hobbyists, just getting into it, and they don't know the fights and all this other stuff. Um, I actually put it to the show promoters one time. I said, I know you guys make a lot of money. You guys rent these halls. You guys get this door walk in, and you guys get this. Why don't every month you donate $200 to USR? Every single show promoter is like, eh, you know, it's this. I donate. Well, why don't every show? It would help them well, out. If they were to raise their price, their admission price, uh, $1 or $2, I guarantee you it would not deter people from coming to the shows. People would still come. I would, yeah, I would raise it a dollar and say one dollar of your admission goes to USR. And exactly. then every month, look, we donated this much, and then put the bucket up front. And now people right. sit there and they hear this all the time, and they, they, they kind of cringe when they hear me talk about it. My brother cringes, and some other vendors cringe. I'm like, this, this is our livelihood. If you, you want to make a living at this, you know, they can take it away. I mean, it can be taken away. Um, mm -hmm. Just because I breed leopard geckos doesn't mean that I'm safe. It does not. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it may be the last thing to go, but it doesn't mean you're you're safe. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just re yeah. Just remember, it's harder to make a bill a law than it is to add to a law. So once the law's there, they can add to anything to it a lot easier than it is to make it a law. Oh, once so, it's forget it. It'll, to get it undone is like, it's almost impossible. I mean, yeah, once it's you know, there, it's, it's hard. 
Um, retic people. Retic people are the – I wish we would follow retic. Retic people form together like a wall. Retic Nation raised, I think it was $65,000 in a couple days for U.S. Art. Oh, wow. That's cool. Retic people. Now, I didn't know retic people – retic copy was that big. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. I was like, whoa, look at this. Retic Nation's tight. Um, the the Retic people are just really, really, really cool people. And, uh, you, you know, you just don't mess with their Retics. That's all you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, in your opinion, and I, I'm sure you and I probably agree on this next question I'm going to ask you, what, what do you think are some of the problems that uh, the gecko community, and let's talk about leopard geckos in particular, because I don't think it's the whole gecko community. What do you think uh, some of the problems the leopard gecko community faces right now? What, what are we, what's going on what you, from your perspective? What, what, what's the issue with, you could say this about anything, the gecko community is, it's a community, but it's not. There's lines drawn everywhere. There's lines in this corner, you're here, you're here, you're here, and you're here, and that's how it is. And now, I, I'm, the fir- I'm going to be the first one to tell you, when there's groups of people here, 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 it's easy to walk between them groups. They get to wherever you want to go. Well, you get them people to form an alliance somehow, even if you don't agree with something, even if you guys don't, if we don't agree with how I breed leopard geckos this way, you breed leopard geckos that way, but guess what? Both work. Let's, let's form together when it comes to problems. Let's stand together. No one can get through that wall. Everyone's got to be better than everybody else. And this goes everywhere in the hobby, everywhere. Everyone's got to be the top dog. Well, guess what? I'm the first one that's going to tell you, even the ball python breeders, the carpet breeders, the venomous breeding, it's just breeding what you love. Why do you got to be the best at it? Be the best you can be and have fun at it, and you won. You know, just do what you love to do. And, I mean, there's so much drama and there's so much hate in the hobby today. I, I don't understand it. And honestly, that's why I'm not on the Internet as much anymore is because of this hate and this drama and there's these lines in the sand. And if you're on this side, you're not on this side. And it's like, what in the world? Who cares about the sandbox? I'm playing over here worth all the animals. The animals aren't in the sandbox. The animals are outside the sandbox, and that's where I am. That's why I tell everybody never, the show. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. And I never understood the people that make these invisible lines and, you know, decide to band together against one person or the other and then form these little groups, well, if you like him or you're friends with him, you're not good enough for us or yeah. whatever. You know, I never I never understood that mentality. And, you know, I never took the social part of it that seriously. So I don't get any of that. I take my animals seriously. I take the show seriously. And, you know, yep. the things I'm focused on. And, you know, Gary, lately I've been telling people, you know, if you have these emotions in you where you feel like you you dislike other people so much, you know, that's the point where you need to stop what you're doing and focus on your own success, focus on your own endeavors. Because when you're worrying about what somebody else is doing and when you're competing with someone else, you're not focusing really on yourself. you got to, you know, and those are the, the people that actually say, all right, I'm not, I don't care what, what he's doing. I'm just going to do the best at what I'm doing. That's the, those are the people that succeed in this, don't you think? Oh, exactly. Me and Thad actually had a, con- a conversation about this. And, you know, we, we talked about certain things, but we, we, I said the competition because he came up and was like, man, look at these geckos, Gary. You've never posted any of these online. His exact words, what is going on with these? 
And I'm like, I don't post them online because people get mad at me because I'm producing awesome animals, so I don't do it. I would rather just keep them for myself and me look at them and then post them online and have two people get upset and start drama about it. I, I just, the animals are what it's about. I love breeding leopard geckos. I love breeding animals. And I, I guarantee and I promise everyone, everyone in the hobby at one time loved it. They loved everything about it, and they just wanted to produce their first gecko. They wanted mm-hmm. to see that gecko come out of that egg. Somewhere along the line, some people got an ego. We all get egos. We all like our ego strokes. We all like everyone saying we have beautiful animals. But in my opinion, if you guys watch what I do and like, I look for the people that don't have all the likes, and I'm going to go there because every gecko is beautiful. I love every single one. I got, mm-hmm. I got animals that have with one, one leg missing or, you know, something wrong with it or, you know, the, the clip the eye because of the incubation. I love them geckos. They're going to stay here. They're my pets. I don't care. Yeah, I have a number. I have a number like that too. Yeah, I mean they're still they're still beautiful animals. Um, I like. I'll tell you that's funny what you just said about holding back some of your better animals, and um, I that's that's something I've never done. I've always been excited. Like whenever I like uh, see an animal that's getting really pretty, I like to take a picture and show it to people. And I, I don't really show it in a sense where you know I'm showing it to show off more more or less. I'm showing it because I think people yeah. will appreci- appreciate seeing it, but um, I, I'm 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 going to be thinking about what you just said because I think there might be something to it because if there's something that people are going to be jealous about, that's going to fuel the negative emotions to you know start unnecessary problems perhaps and maybe being the bigger person is to not not always seek or not always have a need to show off perhaps maybe that's it. We you, you know is that what yeah, you're trying to say? Yeah, I, I didn't really show off. I, I just know that certain people get upset that I produce animals now. I don't know why. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take from the hobby. Um, like Christy, Christy. Um, I I forget her last name. I can't think of it right now. But Christy produced awesome. one of the best looking. Yes, she produced one of the best looking radars I've ever seen. I asked her if I could use the picture and show it off. I've never seen a radar like that ever. It has. Mm-hmm. It's like four grams and it's glowing in the dark and I'm like oh my god and that's what I like to see but now there's going to mm-hmm. be people sitting there going oh that's not that good a radar because they didn't produce it why can't uh, someone else produce something nice I, I, I admit I do not have a radar in my collection that even comes close to that radar and I've produced over 20 gotta, this year <laughs> I gotta see this thing is it on her page I'm gonna check it out she was on the it, show a couple weeks ago yeah, it's it has to be on our page. I'll have to I'll have to send you a link. It is I mean it is ungodly this radar. It's one of the nicest I told you. It's one of the nicest I've ever seen, and it's the wow. nicest radar this year by far. And what I don't get is uh, you know why people don't praise other people for their accomplishments because I well, hope every single person. Yeah, some do. I'm saying it's a, a few bad apples really ruin it, and people get scared to post their animals. And I I'm telling people don't PM me, and I'm sure you get this. They'll, they'll message me, animals going, oh, look at this, Gary. I'm like, post it online. Oh, no, because people put me down. No, they won't. Just post it online. Don't worry about them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, who right? cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of like, like it's, somebody, somebody once said to me, Dave, you know, you have all these other breeders on your radio show. Aren't you afraid, like, you know, you're uh, promoting your competition, so to speak? I'm like, no, I'm not afraid. I, I said, I like, I don't care. Everybody's, you know, 
we're all just for people that take it that seriously. I think that's that's where you stress yourself out because you're not you're losing sight of the whole fun of this thing. And exactly, you know, I enjoy. Yeah, I enjoy talking to other breeders. You know, even and some of them I'm not always a hundred percent about. You know, liking them or whatever, or maybe I'm you know there's something about them or that rubs me the wrong way, so to speak, or whatever. But it's not it's nothing that's that tragic. Like it's not like they're uh, arch criminals or anything. These are just other people. They have their difference in personalities and whatever. They're, they like geckos, so we're going to talk geckos. Or we're going to talk reptiles. And you know, exactly. I try not to. Yeah, I mean, the only th- the only thing that I've experienced in the past is people making deliberate uh, attacks against uh, against me or, or choosing uh, me as a target to compete with. And you know, I've never made a a solid effort to compete with anybody. I just want to do my own thing. But I've that, definitely that, been the target of that from others. Yeah, I think you, so you remember feeling. when I, I yeah I said this a while back. I said there's no more lines in the sand with me. I said I'm just here. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm right here. Anyone wants to talk to me, I'm just here. And it, it's worked out pretty good. Um, I mean, there's no more drama around me. I just do my thing and breed my geckos. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that, I agree. And I've been trying to do the same thing, and I've definitely avoided a lot of drama over the last few months. It seems like it's kind of, maybe I'm just off the radar now. I don't know. I, I just, uh, it seems though, when you're, when you're trying to start something new and different, that's when you're going to get noticed, and that's, when it's going to come to you because whenever you try to make any kind of changes in a system or a community, uh, you're, you're going to be affecting somebody else's thing that they've started, so to speak, or they've changed is something people don't like, put it that way. So if you're going to start something new, no matter what it is, it's going to rub somebody the wrong way, <laughs> you know, and oh, you, yeah. may not even have been, you may not have even have been aware of that person. And, uh, you know, that was the case for me in a few instances where I didn't even know who these people are. But when I started my, doing my thing, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't like it, so to speak, or whatever. But I don't know. It seems so weird. What you got to do is not even worry about it. Like, I, I tell everyone, I say, breed what you love, do what you love, and keep the negative out of your mind. Just keep it. Me and Thad talked, like, an hour and a half about, uh, you know, like how to how to bring positive back to the hobby and what we're going to be doing with Gecko Forums and the blog and the wiki and how we're going to kind of, you know, what what ideas I had. And I threw a bunch of ideas because he's a programmer too. Um, not many people might mm-hmm. not know that, but he's a, he's a big computer guy. And I said, dude, I need help. I need I need a programmer with me to put my ideas down. And he just looked at me and mm-hmm. goes, I don't got time. I'm like, all I need is when you do got time, help me code. So we, we got these ideas. Um, and there's going to be some big things going on with Gecko Forums. I uh, I want to really revamp the classified ads, and I want to uh, I want you know I want to redo the you know, get the forums going again. Everyone thinks I say redo the forums, when I say redo get the forums going. I mean just get people posting. I want people there. Uh, so you guys yes. are going to see me starting to drive that really hard. I, I, that, I'm glad it came up today because I'm it, it's funny that we just talked about it yesterday. Me and Thad did. <laughs> well. Well, the reason why I brought it up with you is because I was going to play the normal Gecko Forums plug, but I figured you and I could talk about it and give it a much better plug, and we basically gave it a good 15 minutes instead of the normal 45-second uh, plug that I play. But you know, being yeah, that Gecko Nation, you know, being that weird, that you know, Gecko Nation Radio is the official radio show of Gecko Forums. I definitely want uh, you both to know that whatever changes and whatever uh, differences and things that you're adding to the forums. 
you know, let's let's make the community aware. Come on the show, pop on, even if it's for five minutes or so, Gary. You know, I can give you guys your thoughts. Yeah, I can give you guys time at, in, during any episode to make announcements. So, you know, it's definitely something That's that we cool. can. Yeah, and we can get things going. Well, listen, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back for more of the interview. All right. Cool. And, and guys, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Gary is giving a fifty dollar uh, credit off of off the purchase of a gecko from him. Uh, for people that call into the show tonight, which are, so we're going to open up the phone lines after I come back from the break, and uh, you guys can call in with your questions. The number is 646-478-5331. Again, it's 646-478-5331. All right, hang tight, everybody, and we will be right back. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page, at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more. And all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, Contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact MS2 ent.weebly.com or it can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. abdragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit SupremeGecko.com for his available animals and supplies. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit ReptilesExpress.com and become a member today. Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other 
very unique leopard gecko projects. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at expos in the Northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Okay, everybody, we are back in the second portion of our show tonight with Mr. Gary Orner of ProHerps. And uh, in this in this uh, part of the show, we're going to open up the phone lines. And uh, don't feel scared to call in, folks. We're not going to bite you. Uh, well, not too hard. No, I'm kidding. Um, we love when people call in, okay? It, it's definitely interesting. Everybody has a different question they want to ask. And uh, it may be something that I just didn't think of uh, to ask our guest, guest tonight. So uh, definitely call in. The number to call in is 646-478-5331. And I already see that we have some callers in the queue. Uh, all right. So, Gary, what do you say we start off with some phone calls? Works for me. All right, cool. I'll take the one that's been on for pretty long here. Uh, caller from the 570 area code, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, guys. I know who this is. Hey, Mandy, how are you? Hey, Dave. Hey, Gary. How are you guys doing? Hello. I'm good. We're chilling. Awesome. What's your question, Mandy? Okay. Um, Well, I actually was wondering. I I don't ever think ever, ever that I would have the own venomous, but I was curious. (laughs) Um, Gary, do you have a favorite venomous snake? And do you have any um, suggestion, not as far as venomous, but do you, what do you feel would be the absolute best first-time snake? Because I have a ball python, and I really don't think it was the first best first-time snake for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got you covered here. Um my first venomous snake, my favorite ever, was mangrove snake. Um, Bioga was awesome, uh, but I, I found a new one after I worked with it. But mangroves, I mean, I went to the point where I had like 40 mangroves here, um, every locality oh, wow. and all that. Um, then I got typus or boom slings. Uh, not many people know boom okay. sling is the most venomous snake drop for drop in Africa. It yep. Drop for drop more venomous than... Mono, or any of the cobras, anything. So um, that that was my favorite. Uh, my boom slings were my babies. I mean, <clears throat> I did some uh-huh. stupid stuff with them. So, but um, <laughs> they they were my they're my favorite now. Is anything arboreal really? But boom slings are top notch. First snake. Um, so we're not gonna go venomous. Um, I would actually say the the best first snake is gonna be any type of colubrid that like a king snake or corn snake. That type of cluber, should I say. Um, California king snakes, broke seas, corn snakes, they got good feed response. They calm down really well. Um, nice. Ball pythons do that non-feeding thing that really gets people. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just driving me nuts. He, I have a little male, Pastel, and he's a year old now, but he just, just picky, picky. Drives me nuts. <laughs> like, yeah. he goes from, yeah, I'll eat some frozen, thawed, nice-sized mice, medium rats, whatever. And then he'll go months, doesn't want to eat anything. Then all of a sudden I try what he was normally eating, and then he wants stuff smaller. Because I, I breed mice um, for a friend, <laughs> and um, 
gotten my breeder um, leopard geckos and the bearded dragon. They like their occasional pinkies, so I like having them on hand rather than go to a pet shop. But And then all of a sudden he'll be like, oh, I want some nice little fuzzy hoppers and stuff. Well, I, I'm just baffled by this snake. <laughs> yeah, Bob but probably sounds tempted him. to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if people don't mind size, they like being a pain. Yeah, they they love being a pain. Like ball pythons are. The only reason they're famous is all the paint jobs that they come in and uh Right. And right. That that's why they're big. But um another one if you don't mind the size and you don't mind you know getting an eight, nine foot snake, Colombian boas are great if you're an adult. Uh, is that right. I've never seen a Colombian boa not eat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I have a thing. I've got a chihuahua, so I've always said I can't have anything that would look at my chihuahua as a snack. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> I would have 50 million chihuahuas over a snake, just my little fur babies, but... Anything else that can't eat a chihuahua, I'm cool with. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> That's funny. Awesome. Thanks for the answers. That that was very informative, very appreciated. Not a problem. Anytime, Andy. Also, Thanks for calling. I, I'll okay. have to get in touch with you, Gary, uh, uh, about the contest. <laughs> I don't know if you remember me that I won the Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, I, I, I have you written down. <laughs> I've been watching for babies being posted. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Not a problem. Later, Mandy. See you. All right. All right. Let's take the next caller. Caller from the, let's see. Uh, where are we at? Okay. Oh, I know this is. She's been on a while. Uh, Elsa, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, Dave. Hi, Gary. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Uh, working with the uh, leopard geckos, what project has been your biggest challenge? Hmm, good oh, <laughs> you went there, didn't you? Um, well, everyone knows I went. I went through that problem with the double hat, um, where I had the famous bubble gum stuff. Um, but uh, if we don't take that, I'm going to actually say getting my radars to the look I want <laughs> because I want banded radars. I like banded radars in the clean look, but uh, I'm getting a lot of hypos and super hypo radars. Cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, Elsa, thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, we have a few more callers here. Uh see caller from the... 530 Eric. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Give me my titty dollars. <laughs> hey, Josh, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> this is Jeff. <laughs> no, 50 bucks. <laughs> no, I was I just calling to listen because I can walk around with a phone. Oh, well, too bad. you got to ask the question now that you're on. All right, I gotta, I'll ask a question. Hmm. Um... um no. <laughs> okay, give me more fifty bucks. <laughs> how's your how's your atomic rainwater's coming, Gary? I, I've seen stuff oh, it's, posted. Uh, oh, I I honestly like I was telling Dave. I think I'm going to post some of the good stuff. Um, the atomic rainwaters are coming out really good. Um, some people know that my atomic rainwaters turned out to be het typhoon. 
Yeah. So I got Atomic Typhoons now. Uh, I have I've been finding that Atomics with pattern look better than the Super Hypo stuff, and I have some insane stuff. Um, Mr. Orange Stad was going nuts over the Atomics I took and was showing him. I mean, he, he was drooling. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really like them. Um, and again, you lucked out getting to, they were head, head eclipse. So um, tell me about it. <laughs> I've been working. I've been trying. I've been trying to get eclipse in for a little bit here, in, into my rainwater stuff. I think I finally got some right now. But um, yeah, it took a few years. They they weren't head eclipse. I've, <laughs> yeah, I bought a typhoon to do it. And I was going to start over. I was going to breed this yellow typhoon into my atomic stuff. And uh-huh. this year, and now he's sitting there. He's not even breeding. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I thought about doing that, too. It's just, why don't I just get a darn typhoon and breed it in there? And so no, I'm going to do it old school. I'm going to stick to my guns. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think I, I've got a couple of them now. So, yeah, Atomic is a fun line to play with. Yeah, no, it's it's the, the orange and it's just insane and in some of the stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's cool stuff. So, oh yeah. Have you have you done uh, Atomics to Bell? Yes, sure I have Atomic. Yes. <laughs> um, I have Atomic Hat Bell this year. Um, oh. I am going to actually breeding those. Uh, I have where um, I have a different uh, uh, mother. One is one. One was an atomic electric cross that proved out not to be head tremper. It was possible head tremper. Well, it was not head tremper. So I got that. Um, with, so I got atomic electric head bells, kinda. Then I got atomic that are head bells. Um, I'm trying to do where I cannot breed siblings together. I don't want to breed siblings together, but I want to try to get there as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, no, that's if you go one generation or something, I don't, I don't know if it hurts, but um, let me jump yeah. in for a second, guys. Let me yeah, let me jump ahead. in here, and this is this is something that I always had an issue with, like figuring out in my own brain. Say you have, uh, and this is a good example. Say you're you're working with a. Uh, just a regular line of nice-looking bells, and, uh, for instance, you want to make uh, an atomic bell. So in the first generation, of course, you would breed the bell to the atomic, and then yep. you, would produce a bunch, you would produce a bunch of babies that are basically mutts of the two. And then, yep. uh, so they're probably, they're going to be like 50% of the tangerine of the atomic, and they're going to be uh, 50% of whatever the bell was. So, yeah, whatever and they're all going to be Right, and they're all going to be hatcher yeah. bells. So then one would assume that the next generation, you're going to want to, in order to get the desired effect, you're going to want to breed the, the babies together in order to uh, maximize that. But you're never going to really have 100% of the atomic coming into the, even in the third generation or the second generation of babies. You're yeah. not going to have 100%. You're still only working with 50%. Is that true? It, it, I, this is what I say. It's a line bread trait, so it's yeah. a look. So if you're producing that look, how is it across? That that's that's why I tell people because I do have a tomic that you know if you want to call it a cross that was you know bred in that look like some of my atomic rainwaters right away. So I'm consider them A's for this year. I grade everything A to F scale. Um, but the the bell to atomic A's are nowhere near my atomic rainwater A's because I bred atomic rain to atomic. And it's just insane. Um, mm-hmm. when I, I always grade it on level. 
Um, we're here's an atomic, you know, bell. When I produced the first one, this is atomic tangerine bell. The tangerine in it is atomic. That's the line it came from. Um, the percent things when it comes to line bread, I mean, it's yeah, hard to say because when when is it going to be a hundred percent again? You know. Yeah, and can you can you call it an atomic bell because it's not really atomic; it's just a bell now. But the, yeah, I see what you, I see what Dave's at. Yeah, I, I think I see. Well, also. Yeah, well, here's an issue that I ran into. Uh, two seasons ago, I've read Atomic Rains to Firewater. I've read, I've read a group of Atomic Rains that I got from Matt, so a really nice, uh, well, decent-looking Firewater. And last year, uh, I, I had a bunch of uh, babies. They're all 50, you know, they're all half and half. They're half Firewaters, half Atomic. So now this year, I took the best male uh, from the group, and I bred them to the females. That, so basically, you know, siblings, the, the uh-huh. brother to his sisters, and I'm, my my goal is to produce some really cool looking, uh, you know, atomic firewaters. I will basically want to be able to call them atomic firewaters. That was the whole idea when I announced the project. Uh, I announced the project during the Hurricane Sandy, no less, uh, YouTube video. But uh, I'm yeah. hoping that I'm hoping that I can do this. But you know, from what I'm hearing, I'm still only working with 50% of each trade. I'm really not even by bringing those genes together. I'm not really getting 100% of either one. And that, that's what I was kind of thinking oh, well, I would get. It's not going to really yeah, work well, out. What I tell, well, I, what I tell everybody and when they say that is Atomic is not a tangerine line that is by itself. They use other tangerine lines to make an Atomic. So yeah, in right. an Atomic and Atomic, you get what I'm saying? Is That's what yeah, these That's what all, all these tangerines, names, that's all, every yeah. tangerine, they all came from, you know, yeah, of yeah. course, and people have line bred the, the poly traits forever and um, mixed other stuff in there. And, it, it, yeah, it, mm-hmm. sometimes trade names are just just too darn, especially with the tangerines. It's just, just you know, I like like stuff I'm working on. I know what went in there, but I don't really call it what, you know, yeah. just, just to put an extra 50 bucks on it or whatever. I'm not going to say it's this or that or, you know what I mean, because it's, it's a blend yeah, of everything. That's, that's what I run into. If I yeah. if I breed them, will the person that bred Atomics get all upset that I'm not calling them Atomics? I could just call them Tangerines. I'd be right. I can say yeah. that's Tangerine Bell. That's Tangerine Rainwater. But then they're like, well, that's Atomic Line. Well, okay, yeah, it is Atomic Line, I guess. Or, you know, that's the only line I really have other than the Atomic Electric Cross. Uh-huh. Um, the atomic, atomic Electric Cross is ugly to, to me. But the babies yeah. can come from a really cool. Um uh, that's what the trade names is just like, okay, who wants billing? Who wants first billing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. there's something to be said to, for keeping things pure, too. Like, like when Ron, Ron was on, he was saying that uh, when he first started selling his Tangelos, he couldn't understand why people, the first thing they did with them was mix them in other things. He was, he was expecting people to want to, you know, have their own line of pure Tangelos. But then... You know, other people have other ideas where they want to mix it into this and create their own versions of that and this and that and get the effect. And I get it. So there's two camps, you know, you know, purists and those that want to experiment. But uh, I think you can be both. I think you can, you know, appreciate keeping, like, for instance, an atomic line pure, but also experiment yes. by crossing them into something else just to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, th- that's totally true. Like, um, a good story is there's someone that works with Stonewash, and JMG works with Stonewash. That's a JMG thing. Yeah. It's a reverse strike, broad strike type. 
Yes, it's total line bread. It's a reverse stripe, broad stripe type thing that happened in Tremper. It's only viewed in the albino. Stonewash right. really don't come out in normal looking animals. Um, and I, I've talked to Jeff in full length about this. And people are labeling stuff reverse stripe stonewash. There's, there's no such thing. You, you get what I'm saying? It's the reverse stripe is that, or the broad stripe, and now you're getting these people breeding the, rever- the stonewash to subspecies, or they're breeding them out, and they're trying to get stonewash. Stonewash is fairly new. It doesn't have yeah. a strong backing, like the hypos and the super hypos and tangerines. So, I mean, it's the one of the things everyone... The is by breeding stonewash together, and that's it, right? Yes. Yes, and then it's not even really guaranteed yet. I mean, he said he buries stonewash, right. stonewash, and he gets some stonewash and some not. Um, yeah. It's all about that first billing thing. Everyone wants to be the first to do something. I mean, what, yeah. that's overrated. I, I, take, I, I take something from my buddy Brian Barczyk. Um, He was just texting me a little bit ago. Um, Brian Barczyk breeds ball pythons. Everyone knows he breeds ball pythons. He breeds colubrids. And you'll see someone come on the line and go, I was the first person to produce in the world this ball python. And they'll have it in their hand or they'll have a picture of it. Well, Brian to have an adult breeding. <laughs> he did, you know, he'll have an adult breeding. He's like, oh, okay, sure. You know, Brian um, will be on next month. We'll, we'll we'll ask him about how that feels. <laughs> I I, yeah. I look at stuff that's been out there, and I I see stuff that um, hasn't been done, and I want to try it. Not that I want to say that I did it. I just want to try it because I want to see what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, the Frankenstein kind of thing. See, I think that's what the, that's the difference between, I mean, we're all breeders, but the hobbyist side of us, and then there's the commercial side of people. And the hobby side of us is like, what does that look like? What is that going to do? You know, and yeah. we look at it like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Check that out. You know, and, and we get all excited like a little kid, and I do. I get excited when I see snake or anything hatching. I'm like a little kid. Oh, yeah. But look at that. Look at that. <laughs> and then you get the people that they're just dollar signs, you know, and – and some of these crazy tangerine lines, for instance, wouldn't even have occurred if people didn't experiment a little bit. I mean, exactly. these that, right, I mean, some of these combos are going to hit on some amazing things. Some of them will turn out to be nothing, but if you don't try it, you never, you'll never know. So, yeah, you know, I, like, I tell people, reach for the stars, go for it. Don't let anyone hold you back. If you want to breed two geckos together, as long as they're not the albino strains together and the snow strains, you'll get murdered for that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> reach for the for stars. These days. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well. Well, the eclipse uh, in the marble eye. <laughs> oh, the eclipse in the marble. Oh, my Lord. Oh, geez. <laughs> I had someone email me a picture about a month ago, and they said, is this a marble eye? And I'm like, no, it looks like eclipse. Well, it came from raptors, but it looks marbled to me, and they argued with me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Well, they don't get it, though. Yeah, I've got raptors here that totally look like marble eyes, but, you know, it's not a marble eye, obviously. Yeah, because yeah, Matt has bred eclipse to marble, and he's proved that they're not the same trait. I've tried to tell people that, and, mm-hmm. you know, Everyone thinks everyone has secrets, and we all have our secrets down. And you know, but I mean, but when something's released, usually that breeder releases everything about it. Like when the Marvel I was released, it was said this is not Eclipse. We tested it, you know. Yeah. Well, that then also goes to say now, what are you investing in? If you're investing in twenty, thirty dollar geckos and thinking that you're going to have pure you know, whatever, yeah, I mean, you're deluding <laughs> yourself. Um, if you, exactly. If you 
if you want pure marble eyes, you better go to one of the better sources that are uh, that are trustworthy and you know basically buy pure marble eyes. If you you know if you think some vendor at a show that's got a gecko and it says marble eye just because it looks like a marble eye, and then you're going to go get, argue with Gary saying it is a marble eye. No, <laughs> what you're, what you're, I tell people you're is not getting it. <laughs> what I tell people when they're buying is ask the history of the gecko. If that vendor or breeder cannot say go back, then other than just the pairing, the mm-hmm. pair that made it, there's an uh-huh. issue. That, that's yeah. I can tell you all the way back to, you know, where I purchased the geckos, and usually I ask where, what, what them parents were and all that, and I got all that history and my books. So yeah. I go all the way back, you know, and say it came from this. <laughs> and then you got somebody to blame. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. it's, it's very much like it, I learned that. I actually learned that from Matt because when I purchased my, purchased my first group and I was talking to him on the phone when I first met him, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I got it from Patty. He's like, oh, that's awesome, dude, you know. And I told him where, I, where the original gecko came from. His attitude changed. He goes, test it. I'm like, dude, it can't. No. He goes, test it. Only reason I tested that mail. My whole pro- – everything would have went based on that mail if it wasn't for that, that day, that one, one time saying test it. And I actually purchased a raptor for that mail from Matt. Uh-huh. And that's when, and that's when I produce raptors from a pet radar. Um, so, and I, it, it, you, if you ever get, talk to Matt, you can ask him. Um, I text him a picture of that first animal. I'm like, look, it's just an eclipse. I was so excited, you know. The eyes were that dark, you know. Sometimes the raptors have really dark, black-looking eyes, but they're they're really red. And he go, mm-hmm. and he kept saying, I mean, I think the text was like three times. Gary, look at us in albino. Gary, look at us in albino. And I was in denial. You and, yeah, you didn't want to think it could see. Yeah. yeah, and then it, it just crashed. And then it was like, because uh, I was incubating everything as male, the the sibling to it was just a, you know, a reverse stripe eclipse. And then the next two animals I hashed out two weeks later were both raptors. And I'm just, and it, I, I think I hashed out like 12 raptors. God, that's, and I'm like, jeez. Oh. <laughs> that, that was like, you know, like 66%, you know, head. Yeah. Well, was, and they were well, that, hitting me with it. <laughs> that, well, that crazy. sparked a lot of that sparked a lot of people to question uh, their projects and to also do a lot more test breeding. And you know, it, your your unfortunate uh, circumstance there will yes. will actually turn out to be a good thing in, in the end yeah, no, when people you know try I to did, figure things out more. I, I started oh, I, exactly. the test breeding side of it when that happened, and I, I test started test breeding some stuff. Oh, I, I was crushed. I think my YouTube video is still up. I mean, I was holding back. I mean, I was upset. I mean, I was. <laughs> you were crying on that video. I saw that video. Yeah, you were crying. No, oh, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I sold a, a really awesome radar I produced out of that group. I sold it as a pet to a pet store for $30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm like. Oh, it, it hurt. It hurt bad. And then, uh, you know, and that, and the the whole thing, that's why everyone's like, oh, you're lucky you got them typhoons, you know, eclipse. It all started coming back to me. It's like, well, that was sold to me as an atomic rain with not, not even a possible head. It was sold to me as this an atomic rain. And boom, the typhoon popped up. I'm like, oh, geez, it, 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 everything started flooding back to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had to relive oh. the whole thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, ex- I, ex- uh, I experienced something similar. Well, I ex- actually the fear of it 
um, thank God I did my test. Well, you know, when Matt announced that he hatched out that weird-looking gem snow that kind of looked like a super, and then I wound up uh, testing my gem line because I got all my gem snows from Paul Allen. And uh, the, during the first testing, the first year, I produced the Diamondback Gecko. And uh, yep. then the subsequent pairings, uh, I produced no supers. So I was able to, luckily, I proved out my gem snow line to be pure. So I have a pure line of gems that do not produce uh, supers. But it's just Good. with the snows, it can, have, it can happen that way too. Like people mixing snow lines, like it's something you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah, that that was a tough thing for Matt too, because I mean he was showing me that animal. I was like, cool, because he's like, is it a gem super or did I prove out a super? Because we were talking about the history of it, and 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 he came out with the info, and people started attacking. That's a perfect thing to say. People attacked him for it when he was coming out with the info to say, hey, let's figure this out as a group, and he was attacked, and he went he went back down. He he stopped talking about it. And uh, I thought that was a really, really bad thing at that time. If people would just said, hey, okay, Matt hashed out a super-looking animal. We don't even know if it was a super. It could have been just a really cool-looking gem, even though it looks super, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And people yeah, didn't think, okay. I think if, if it, supers, though. Yeah. Since then, yeah. And people didn't understand it. He had to contact his, everyone he sold gems to. That was a hard mm-hmm. thing to do. And, and people yeah. don't understand that. And I'm like, give the guy a break. He's doing the right thing. And uh, that was one of the eye-openers when I come to the community that there's lines in the sand was just that incident with the super snow. Yeah. yeah that's um, he's going to come on the show soon. Uh, we're going to do an episode about genetics. Just got to set a date. And, uh, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about that too. But, uh, you know, it, it, that's the thing. You know, going back to, you know, people, there's some people out there that just uh, – I don't know, just why it's got to verbally attack others. Is, you know, what happened to diplomacy? There's just ways to communicate with others, you know, without, you know, being yes. mean, you know. Let's work <laughs> together. We can get yeah, a see, lot now, better now people I, work together. Now I know why people don't want to come out if something bad does come up in their collection, even if it's like a double hat. I mean, if that pops mm-hmm. up, they don't want to say nothing because of the backlash. Uh, I mean, then the the, uh, I, it puts doubt in the market too, and everything else they're selling. You know, yeah, you, you keep lines separate, you keep different things separate, and you know, if you you hatch out something, you know, something weird, and you you post about it, it's like, oh, okay, well that tangerine has this, and it's like, yeah, doubt it. <laughs> exactly, it's just a really bad thing. I mean. Let's be honest, 95% of the community is good people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that 5% that just want to rip off people, but they come and go so quick. Um, I mean, 95% of the people are really good people in this hobby, and they want to help the hobby. they got good intentions. And, uh, and what I always tell people, what you see uh, the gecko side of me online, uh, that's 10% of my life. I mean, I got family. I got family. I posted a post on the blog about it. I'm like, I got car bills, and I got house payments, and I got this. I'm just like, you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't breed love for geckos. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know what? That's the thing. When people see you online and they only see one side of what you're doing, they don't, they don't take in. I mean, that's you, that's you to them. You know what I mean? That's like, yep. if you, say, say, you, say your pictures suck and your pictures are terrible. That's, that's how people are going to perceive you. Um, that's, yep. that, that's your image, and yeah, and well, also 
how you communicate online is you. Like some people, I know how they communicate. I just get a whenever they type something, it, it just I get a bad feeling sometimes because I'm used to yep. a very negative way of communicating from them. And, uh, and but then there's other people that are the exact opposite. They have great reputation in the community, and everybody is very uh, favorable favorable towards them. And kind of like Jeff, everybody loves Jeff because Jeff, you That's even awesome. on even on some of the uh, most problematic posts uh, from people, you've been able to keep a light head of, about it. So. Uh, yeah, that, 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 I've, I've missed a few of them lately. I I haven't been able to come on there and post a weird picture or something. I, I always come on after it's been deleted, and I, I feel that down. I'm I'm letting my community down. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to get to the point where we got to get to the point where things don't need to be deleted. So, and that's just yeah. it, you know. Well, I, I, I haven't seen too much you know, lately. Uh, yeah, a lot keep dragging on, though. You know, you get something that just hits a sore spot with people, and people just keep, you know, dredging it up and stirring it up. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> deleting them sometimes. They're young. They're, they're young. I, think they're, I think they're young people, though, that just, you know, they're not adults. I, I, they got to be kids. they got to be younger people from the way they act. My favorite thing to do is, huh. my, my favorite thing to do is, if you need to be better than somebody, you're better than me. I'm good with it. Yeah, you're you're too cool for me. That's the that's whole thing. That's the way I I feel too. And I I'd rather see you know people that that had it in for me. I just want to see them do well because if they're doing well, they're not worried about what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? exactly. Yeah, so, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I I view it in a different way. I'm not in it for you know. I'm not going to get rich at it. I just want to keep it going. Keep my hobby going. It's fun. Keep it that it's way. Okay. You know. I, I would hate to yeah. have to rely on it, you know. Like I got to sell this gecko to eat this week. Um, oh my god! Yeah, that that'd be terrible. I don't know if I'd Just enjoy no it anymore. Well, <laughs> I refused sales this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Had someone ask me if uh, if I got two male leopard geckos, they fight like pit bulls. And I said, "You don't need a leopard gecko." <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's. <laughs> Why do they even have to go there with the hobby, you know? <laughs> I was looking like, you don't need a leopard gecko. <laughs> I, I received the sale recently. I just had, didn't have a good feeling about the person. And, um, yeah, just the way the conversation was going, I don't need to go into specifics, but I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I wanted to send them one of my animals. And uh, I was polite about it. I said, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna decline the sale. And um, he got pretty bent out of shape about it. And then, uh, you know, decided to say, call me a hypocrite, this and that. Well, you know what? If you and the things that he said about me online, no less, it just assured uh, my, that my feeling was correct. That I just didn't want to send them one of my animals. And I made the right, the right thing. Yeah. You, yeah. you get, you get people, you, you know, messaging me that I, I don't even know who they are or whatever, and they want to buy like ten or twenty. And it's then I try to I try to engage with a conversation with them and um you know just to find out who they are what they're about you know I don't know if it's a scam or you know what the deal is and I don't know if I don't feel right about it they they get mad at me because I don't run out and take pictures right away oh jeez <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. well listen guys we have some more callers on the line yeah Jeff, get some more callers I'm, 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 I'm taking up all you your time you Jeff? Uh, Jeff, you can I, stay on with us. Oh, uh, sure. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Need my backup? Ahead. We'll take a... Yeah, well, that's fine. It can't hurt to have another guy to have a co-host. And I should have... Uh, that's asked, right. Um, I should have asked uh, Mandy, too. I just I just realized. But anyway, let's go ahead and take caller from... Uh, he's been on for a while. This is Daryl. Caller from the 432. Uh, Daryl, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Great. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. good. How are you? Wonderful. Good conversation tonight, and and yeah, Jeff's a good guy to keep on. He's he's a, he'd be a great co-host. Yeah, I'm I'm about ready to sell a kidney to get your collection there, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, man, we're having fun. I finally hatched the the first ever hatchling here at the uh, Daryl and Cade Gecko collection this week. So it's been a big 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 fun. Yeah. Congratulations. No. Beautiful. Thank one. You. Yeah. Big congrats. Yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, uh, the thing is, I wish, Dave, I wish you would tell me that uh, you couldn't sell me any geckos. That might have helped me out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, I feel for you guys, you know. I mean, that's got to be a tough, tough chore to try to cipher through and pick out, you know, who's real and who's not. That's got to be difficult, but... But yeah, my question is for all you guys, since y'all are breeding them, is is I know Jeff breeds the white and yellows, and Dave you do too, and and Gary is huge in that, and and you throw up a lot of neat animals, Gary. I love it when you say, "Oh, this is just another bell." That's always his <laughs> just a line. That's what it, it's, it's just, just another line. bell. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everybody obviously loves the white and yellow, and and I think we're fixing to see tons of them this year. Uh, and I and I understand why they throw out beautiful animals, but but I'm I'm kind of confused on you. You see these these people that'll they'll say, you know, uh, it, John's good at it, Dave's done it, you know, low expression. Uh, what happens whenever you get a two copy? Can you really tell any difference? Uh, you know, on the two copy, and and what is the deal on the low expression? In other words, do you think it's a recessive type gene that's just not showing through? What is y'all? What are y'all's thoughts on that? Mine. All right. It, I, I'll think, yeah. I, I think um, it's it's where the white and yellow doesn't line up with the um, the poly traits that are in the animal. Yeah. Um, correctly or something that's kind of what i've seen it did not correctly i mean they they do what they do and they're beautiful no matter what but i mean right. um that's that's my thoughts on where i'm at with it yeah they just don't mix well with everything i mean what as well as other things like bell instant you can tell tramper don't mix well with as like you, you can't compare every single one with other ones white and yellow is different for tramper and bell and rainwater right. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, I haven't hatched a ton of them, but from my experience, um, and, you know, it's either a white and yellow or it isn't, but then again, I've talked to John Scarborough, and he says that every gecko that he thinks is questionable, once he, once he breeds it, usually turns out to be a white and yellow. So, yeah, that's what I was just fixing to say. I've talked with him as well. And he's told me that everyone that he's ever sold, as he as he puts it, as possible white and yellow, has turned out to be white and yellow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have yeah. a hypo. Um, I, I bred white and yellow to, to a head tramper, um, super hypo tandering caratel, just to to test um, 
the trimper out in, in the, um, I bred them to a bunch of trimpers, but um, in this particular animal, she came out and it just looked like a, a super hypo um, animal, but um, every fourth baby or something, she's popping out white and yellows that are, yep. you can tell right away, so in, right. I've had her sitting in there, not, I just, you know, I just bred her again last year, and it's, um, um, yeah, yeah, she she pops out white and yellow, so I'm like, oh man. <laughs> maybe the way to do this better with other things. Yeah, well, maybe the way to do this in the future is to breed with, with the tremper ones. Anyway, is to breed known white and yellow trempers to known white and yellow trempers. This way, there's less uh, less chance of you know having a having an issue huh. figuring out which ones. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. and then still you can get a non-white yellow from the, from. For, yep. According to morph calculators, <laughs> right? But yeah, because they're calling it a codon. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a dominant, but I will find out. I mean, I won't find out this year. I'm bringing some white and yellows to white and yellows, um, and I won't be releasing anything from that at all. Uh, but I, I, I won't find out until next season if there is two copies. But do you know? I mean, to prove that's a two copy, you would have to. I mean. To do it right, you'd have to incubate them all as male, take uh-huh. all the white and yellows from that, and then breed them to non-white and yellow females. <laughs> so, so you'd have to produce a hundred animals. <laughs> yeah, you would have to produce a hundred animals, and do you know how many white and yellows you're going to be producing? Um, I told someone uh, just at the later show I pulled ten white and yellow girls from production this year because yeah. I'm going to produce too many white and yellows. I'm getting great odds again. Everyone says they get more bad odds on white and yellows. Um, I'm producing 60 to 65 percent white and yellows from white and yellow to non-white and yellow breedings. Um, and hey, I've got a question and, for you, right quick. Have you noticed any difference if you use a white and yellow male on a non-white and yellow female, where you get more white and yellows, or vice versa? Have you noticed that? Um, the males, my males, throw me more white and yellows than my females. Yes. Yeah. I, well, see that, that, and I, you know, I hadn't been in this near long enough, but. But I was curious about that because I think there's something to that that a that a a producing male white and yellow will produce more white and yellows than a female white and yellow. Uh-huh. Yeah, my white and yellow females what's lower for my percent. Um, like I have I'm I, I think I said this on another show, but uh, I I got a male. Um, it's a white and yellow bell pet radar bred to a radar, and I have yet, and I've hatched out now eight eggs, have yet to not have a white and yellow. And I know it's not too copy because the father, yeah, the father was bred to another radar, so it was, it's not, it can't be a two copy. And I have yet to not produce a white and yellow out of it. Um, yeah. And out of them eight, four white and yellow radars. Wow. <laughs> well, that's so, good because I've got a, I've got a lavender bell white and yellow that I got from John and I've I've bred her to a uh het radar. I'm curious to see what happens there. So uh, when you hatch out white and yellow radars, they are amazing. Um like last year everyone said I had great odds last season because I produced so many white and yellows with only breeding one female and uh, one male to four other females. So basically I only had four or five females producing white and yellows. And I produced over 47, I think it was 47 actual white and yellows. Wow. Um, and uh, everyone's like, you got great odds. Oh, my God. Out of all that breeding, I did not hit the white and yellow radar. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's just whatever, whatever lines up, huh? you pull, like pull yeah. a slot machine arm. 
Yeah, now this year, it's, it's opposite. I'm, I'm hitting white and yellow radar all the time, and that's why I've chose to take these white and yellows out of production because there is a such thing as producing too much for one breeder. There is. So sure. I, I'll pull them and I'll use them next year. And there's some really cool. I like I got a snow. Uh, I got the Snowbell uh, white and yellow that's hit radars. I got them pulled. Um, I even pulled the Super Snowbell white and yellow female out of production because I mean it's just she. Why well, produce more white and yellows right now? And like you said, I think the market's gonna be flooded. Oh yeah. And I'll so. I'll produce mine, my my stuff, my higher quality stuff, my my pairings, and I'll just go another route. And I'm going towards line breeding, my orange heads, and I got a few other little things coming up. <laughs> I think that's the key. I, th- I think everybody is going to find out that, you know, you, you're going to have to line breed what what you like. You're going to make it the best that you can make it, and and everybody's going to have their own little pet project. I think because. Yep. Because, you know, yeah, making combos is great. And, you know, you can say, oh, wow, you know, I've got these three or four things that I've combined and it's wonderful. But at the end of the day, everybody's going to revert back to one or two. You know, yep. here's my here, here's my white and yellow eclipse, whatever, you know, and they're going to they're gonna make those the best they can make them. And I think that's yeah, You're right. Yeah. In, in the future, you know, I, I want to produce something that where you know it'll it'll be sent across the country, and then someone will see it and they say, "Oh, that they came from Jeff." You know? Exactly. Yeah, they're going to say, "Oh, Jeff is notorious for this," and you know, Gary this and Dave this and John. You know, everybody's going to have their own little two or three things that they do and yeah. they do well. My number one yeah. more, Jeff Bell. Yeah, Jeff Bell. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, no. and, for, and for me, I'm kind of like John. I like the, just the pure species stuff. That's that's my that's what I like. Yeah, I think that's John produces amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the the pure subspecies and stuff like that's always going to be hot. And it's it's been, um, I mean, as far as the market, it's it's been climbing, and I love that stuff. Yeah, you know, oh, I do too. I, I look you know, at, I, I'm like you, Gary. I produce snakes. I used to raise snakes back in the '80s, you know. And and yeah. being in Texas, of course, the gray bands were hot back then. And you know, and I mean, we wouldn't even breed them if they weren't from the same road cut, you know. Because, exactly. You know, because because I'm I'm here to tell you that depending, you know, back in the old days, you could, uh, you know, I could look at them and say, that's a Christmas mountain animal, or that's from the Davises, or. That's Juno Road, you know, and I mean, you could tell which animals were from which locality, and then everybody now just breeds them all together to make alternatives. I I sort of wish that it, the reptile hobby was went back thirty years. If it went back thirty years, I think we'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. No. no. Well, no cool. I'll right. get out of you guys here. I, I appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job, and uh, keep up the good work and. And uh, maybe we can keep uh, everybody on the same page. Oh, yeah. We'll try. <laughs> Thanks, Darrell. I appreciate it. Bye, guys. Y'all behave. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. All right. We have, uh, we have Marcy all the way calling from Alaska. I want to grab her before uh, the end of the show. Marcy, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Marcy. Hello? Marcy. Hi. You're going to unmute me. You're unmuted. Um, you are unmuted. Hello? Happy birthday. <laughs> Marcy. Can you hear me? Yes, we yeah, can. I can hear you. Oh, good. 
<laughs> Thank you for the birthday wishes, everybody. <laughs> yeah, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Yes. <laughs> How you feeling? Oh, I'm finally feeling a little better. I was uh, kind of brain mush with migraines this past week. Oh, geez. But other than that, I'm doing really well. I want to say hi to everybody. My family's waiting. We were going to do a birthday dinner last night, but we ended up bagging it and decided to doing it, or decided to do it tonight. So we're going to go have some sushi. Ooh, oh, nice. So, yeah, so my family's waiting for me, but I want to say Hello to everybody. I want to say uh, hi to Mr. Gary and say thank you all so much for always being supportive of me. There's oh, been a few the, people that are on this phone right now. Gary, David, Jeff, um, all three of you have been incredibly supportive of me from the very beginning, and I just appreciate it so very much. You guys are all incredibly special people to me. Only because yeah, you're a sweetheart. You deserve You deserve it, so, I mean, you're awesome. You're, you're my uh, last Mary's queen. <laughs> well, you guys are all incredibly special, and you guys, each one of you bring something wonderful to the hobby, and um, I'm very happy that I'm in your circle of friends and that uh, that I pushed so hard with my green dust. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad for. I'm. Uh, um, I know I can speak for for these guys too, but um, I think that uh, uh, a lot of us have come together in this and have become friends, and really, uh, it's just just been an amazing thing. I think a lot of the great, the best people in this have found each other and been able to link up, and um, I think that's that. That's definitely something that's never going to change, and I think uh, you know we got some good good bonds, and good friendships, and good acquaintances, acquaintanceships, whatever you want to call it, and for for many years to come. So um, yeah, I think it's a good thing, some good energy, definitely. Oh yeah, get some good vibes flowing. That's right, good vibrations. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a question tonight for Gary? Um. Uh, I don't think so right now. I think my brain's too hungry for sushi. But I just wanted to sushi say hey and everybody, uh, yeah, that's all I can think about now. Um, my family's all sitting up there starving, so all I can think about is some, like, fried rice and some sushi and all that fun stuff. But uh, I'm very excited about my season this year, Gary. Um, I'm excited about to see your Jeff Bells. It's always fun <laughs> talking about that. I, I had to laugh at uh, Daryl saying that because that's so true. It's like I always look at him like, really? Yeah? About? Okay. <laughs> I'm posting something tonight yeah. just because of this now. I'm doing it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I might have to follow, follow suit, do some Justin yes. Tangs or <laughs> Justin yes. White Yellows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did those come from Gary? Oh, no, no. (laughs) And the just line was born. Love you guys, and I hope you have a great night. I'm going to sign off, and I'm going to go have some sushi with my family. And then I've got some chow to get out this evening, so my wonderful son is going to help me bag up some chow and get some packages out. 
and uh, then hopefully we'll be ramping up in the next week or so. <laughs> Not that song again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ramp up with some good specials uh, for uh, Gecko Nation as well as the Gecko Blog. So oh, cool, sweet. All right, oh, that's what I'm off. talking about. <laughs> See you later, Marcy. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Bye, Marcy. Later, Marcy. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Bye. I thought that got lost in the archives somewhere. Oh no, that's no, that's never going anywhere. Jeff. That's that's classic. <laughs> For those that don't know, that is the official uh, MS2 Roach Child song sung by Mr. Jeff Scott. Thank you, Jeff, for lending your voice to that musical piece. That's right. That's my chorus. <laughs> it's a, a musical piece of something, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a good. It's funny. It's, it, I play it all the time. Whenever she comes on, I always make sure I hit that button for that one. <laughs> right. I told her she has to send me roach chow every time they play it. That's that, that's my royal roach chow oh. royalty things. So, ah, I'm gonna have to buy some more roaches to keep up with this chow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everybody, we're coming. We're coming to the end of the show, and um, you know, Gary, I think we could do a part two with you and get into husbandry techniques and stuff like that. If you'd like to come back again, uh, yeah, sometime in the fe- in the near future, if we could set something up. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm always game. All right, cool. And uh, hey, Jeff, I, I thank you for for uh, uh, joining in with us for the for the later half. I appreciate oh, it. Whoa. Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome anytime, Jeff. Absolutely. Um, Gary, at this time, I'd like to give you a chance to uh, have any closing remarks for the audience and also to give out your information so people can find you out there. Oh, um, the closing advice is just breed what you love and do what you love and don't worry about anyone else and stay out of the drama. And you can find mm-hmm. me in a few places. Um, Pro Herps. Uh, just so, search Pro Herps online. Um, on Facebook, and you can find me or search my name, Gary Warner. Um, I'm not like some people. I, I friend everybody that's, you know, gecko-related, reptile-related. And the Gecko mm-hmm. Blog and the Gecko Nation. So you can find me in all, all awesome. those places. Awesome. And um, what, do you, what, what do you want to tell us? Today? Anything for the future? Anything that uh, we should be looking out for besides the Arnett, Arnett? Um, I do, I do have um, a, a zigzag bell. Um, I'll release if it if it hatches out the way I want. Last year, the bands are like on a tilt. It's almost like jungle, but they're connected. Um, I'm working on it. As long as they start hatching out the way I want, I will be releasing those this year also. <clears throat> I'm calling them zigzags. <laughs> Hopefully, the okay. cigarette company don't mind. Uh, but um, that's something else that I, I can release right now, and I'll, I'll get some pictures up as soon as they start hatching. Even if they're not connected, I'll get them. I'll get them posted up. Awesome. All right, great. Thanks. Thanks again, Gary, for coming on. I really appreciate. Not it. a problem. Yes. Cool. All right. Take care, bud. And Jeff, yep. thank you too. I'll see you. Uh, see you guys in the group. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye now. All right, everybody. Another great show. We're going to go into a little bit of overtime here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play the outro. I'm going to come back with my closing remarks, and then I'm going to play a cool song. So stay tuned. 
Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpeticultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpeticultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. All right, everybody, that's right. Please uh, donate to U.S. ARC and uh, check out the Herp Alliance page. These are two things that will help you guys out there. Uh, Even if it's just a few bucks, send it off to U.S. ARC, and it will make a difference in the future. Um, I guess uh, my closing remarks, um, wow, you know, I don't know. that we, I pretty much said a lot in the interview uh, tonight with Gary. Uh, it was a great show. Um, I, think, uh, I think he's got some good points about uh, the community. And, um, you know, I, it's, he's, he's got a good point about uh, saying that, you know, 95% of us uh, basically are good people. We're having fun. We want to do the right thing. Um, you know, there are some people out there that just, and other personalities tend to clash more than others. And uh, let's try not to clash so much because uh, we definitely have bigger problems to worry about. And if it's not fun, why do it, you know? If you're not having fun doing it and you're, you know, fighting with others, you know, you can't play well with others, then maybe uh, maybe it's not for you. Maybe uh, Or maybe you just got to uh, analyze, um, you know, what's really angering you. Maybe it's not the people in the community. Maybe there's something else going on in your life that's, upsetting it perhaps but um everybody that's out there that's having a good time with this that's staying positive keep it going share that energy and uh just make the community the best that we can make it and uh that's just a that's pretty much all i'm going to say about that as far as gump would say but uh all right everybody great episode tonight with gary uh before i go i'm going to give you the lineup we got some amazing episodes coming up let's see um next week we have Sean Holiday, your gecko guy. Uh, Sean and I are going to talk about some really interesting things that he's working on. And uh, Sean is the inventor of the original Geo, okay? Not the knockoff brand, the original one that is the better one. We're going to talk about Sean. He's going to explain why his is still the best uh, uh, as far as egg incubation um, devices. And um, definitely check out that interview next week. And then the week after that, we have the folks from Calorie, the makers of FlexWatt, okay? We're going to have to do a show all about FlexWatt heat tape and uh, basically talk about what makes FlexWatt the safest and best heat tape for our racks and basically basically what it's done for the for the industry as a whole. Without FlexWatt, the reptile industry would not be where it is today. FlexWatt has been that integral. 
Um, in the future, we also have Brandon Fowler. He uh, does a lot of reptile uh, educational events, and we have uh, Reptiles Express, uh, Debbie and Mike coming on. We have Brian Barcheck coming on, uh, 5.11. We have uh, Sean Gray from Night Glow Reptiles. We have Paul Morlock from Rackhouse. He's going to talk about gargoyle geckos. We have Mr. Daryl Burton. Me, me and Daryl, we're going to reminisce. We're going to talk about the old days of herpetoculture. Uh, let's see, six eight. We have Travis Coos of Enigmatic. Uh, say that Enigmatic Reptile. Uh, let's see, uh, six fifteen. Jeffrey Ribeiro from Reptilage, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, John Boone seven thirteen. Jordan Russell, uh, Christina from Christina's Pet Sanctuary. All kinds of great interviews coming up, and um, the shows just keep lining up more and more. If you guys would like to hear somebody in particular on our show, uh, contact me through the Gecko Nation Radio Facebook page, or you can email us at geckonationradio at gmail.com. All right, everybody, have a great night. I'll see everybody in the group, and uh, until next weekend. Uh, before I go, I'm going to play a cool song. Check this out. This is Back to the Beginning Again by Switchfoot Fading West.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.